Welcome to the Studio Break Podcast. I'm your host, David. Hello, everyone. This is Benjamin Gardner. Um, I'm filling in for David Linaway today because I'm interviewing David Linaway today. Uh, we're happy to have David on the on the program. I, I threatened to turn the tables on him a little bit earlier this um, in my podcast, and so it's a, it's a pleasure to have you here, David, and thanks for talking with us. No, I, I appreciate it. I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully, I, I don't choke. <laughs> so I've got a, a deceptively simple question for you to start, David. Uh, where are you from? Um, that's an interesting, interesting point, and um, I don't. I, I think if anybody knows me, they realize that I always have tangents, and yes. so I'm actually going to share an anecdotal story about an artist that I know, Donovan Widmere in um, uh, North Dakota, and um, he informed me once that he he couldn't pass a lie detector test because. They asked him if the uh, sky was blue, and he couldn't say yes because it actually reflects blue. Um, and so, when when you ask me that, I don't know where I'm from. I, I, I spent most of my most of my youth in Roselle up until college, um, and so Roselle Which is, is a suburb of Chicago, right? Yeah, yeah, a northwest suburb, and and a lot of those places are very for lack of better words, to me anyways, very similar. You know, anybody that's lived in an area that has so many, you know, towns next to towns, next to towns, I mean, you kind of get used to a specific a specific atmosphere. And and I think obviously uh, something that, you know, was very important to my work at, at various different times. But, um, yeah, I grew up in Roselle, um, have a really supportive family that has thankfully uh, – you know, encouraged me and, and kind of supported me, uh, uh, and hope, hoping that I don't turn into uh, a documentary like the story of Anvil, which which I actually watched a little bit of the other day to to make me feel a little bit better, knowing that I'm not 50 years old trying to make it, and you know, having an opening at a bowling alley. But yeah, Roselle. But and and I guess the other thing that I would say too is that I, I do you know do enjoy traveling a lot and uh, checking out new places, and so I, I have kind of lived in other other places obviously normal and, and southern illinois and carbondale and um and through a number of residencies you know a month or a couple of months here and there so cool um what, what's your background in, in art what's your schooling and where did you get your degrees and all, all of that good stuff well and it, it's funny too because i it, this whole process is interesting because i can't help but think of my interviews you know what i mean um and so I, I would say, you know, the, the first thing I'd say is that I never really, I never really thought art was something that I could potentially do, you know, like I think it, it, for me anyways, it seemed to be something that kind of, you know, just slowly came about. And I remember really um, a specific moment on my eighth, eighth grade graduation party, um, like I had like quipped to my grandfather at the time, um, you know, like, there's no way that I can go and do, make a living off of this or anything like that. And he basically was just like, you know. Yeah, you can, and um, you know it's you know it's just one of those moments that I've that I've thought about you know um, just because I, I always kind of remember that. Um, but um, in terms of uh, my official degrees and all that, I, I received my um, my BFA from Illinois State University in 2002, and then my MFA in uh, 2007. Um, you know, and 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 I was kind of you know, in preparation for this, thinking about it in terms of teaching, um, you know, I, when I, when I started in college, I had a, a bad experience, um, which is ironic because, you know, as a, as a teacher now, and I'm, you know, sure that we've talked about this and other people have talked about this is, um, 
You know, it's a bit of a transition starting an art program going from high school to, to college. Um, and so I, I really didn't think that I was going to do it. I did really bad my first semester. And really, it wasn't until I took painting one, um, which I was talking to you about earlier, that I really got super invested in it with uh, uh, Romeo Bessa. Um, and he was all about, all about color. So I, I think about really a lot of those people at Illinois State University being so um, integral to, to how I developed as an artist, you know. And again, I sorry to sorry to uh, have to rehash some of these things for you, but um, you know, because we were just talking about it. But I mean, you know, like I was saying, you know, um, people like L.J. Douglas, who really kind of impressed upon me, you know, working in a series, um, really getting a lot more technical about mixing colors and manipulating colors, and you know, um, and I think again, it was just such a supportive group of people there. You know, Ron Jackson, who's been on this program too. I mean. Um, you know, just a very, very thoughtful, thoughtful person. Um, people like Shona McDonald, who, um, again, after I'm thinking I'm going to be an art education major, um, you know, comes past like a, a still life that I did that I still have somewhere. But, um, you know, there's this really awful, it was, it, it, I don't know if it's awful. It was just, it was just, I didn't know anything, you know. Yeah. I didn't even know that you, that you used oil to mix oil paints. And so, like, the first couple of paintings that I did, had no, you know what I mean? Had no idea what I was doing, you know, just kind of kicking, kicking this stuff on. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, I remember she, she had come by this painting with, uh, Dave Wilson and, uh, you know, and her, uh, uh, any exotic sounding accent from a Midwesterner sounds exotic, um, by definition, but, uh, I got like a, she was my drawing, my drawing instructor too. And it was just like, you know, oh, it sings. And I was just like, really? Um, but, um, Aside from that, you know, I, I took, um, I enjoyed printmaking and it's something that I'd kind of like to be more involved in, but I, I really like the differences between something that was very specific, like, um, you know, in printmaking, it seems like you're around a lot more people. There's a kind of a community. If you need to, you know, if you're trying to mass produce a suite, you have to have people there to help you. And so I really like the aspect of that community. And then I also like the, the way that, you know, painting was such an individual kind of thing. Um, and so, yeah, I spent five years there doing uh, a bunch of art and meeting a lot of great people that I'm happy to be friends with today. And then um, in 2004, I started my MFA at Southern Illinois University. Um, and again, it was a very, very good experience. And I think really changed a lot, it changed my, my mind, or at least opened my mind to a lot of the ways that my work could shift. Because I, I think that even though I was always really, really such a great fan of abstraction, I remember one of the things that really frustrated me about it early on was just that I never felt like I could control it the same way or, or control the message, you know, of what I was doing. Um, and so, really, when, when I when I started that, when I started graduate school, you know, there's people around me for the first time in, in a long time that you know might only make, you know life paintings, you know, or, you know, paintings that, that are up all about direct observation or, you know, people that are incorporating video and sound and doing installation. And, and, um, it was pretty eye opening. And, and I think that's one of the things that I realized, um, as I don't know, maybe other people do. I mean, obviously graduate school is one of those things where they tell you immediately, like, you know, to change everything that you do. And, um, you know, that this is going to be the last experience, the last time that you have this much freedom to experiment. And, um, it happens to be true, but they don't, they don't also let you know how important all the people that you meet are there. You know, these are the people that are going to, you know, sit with you in drawing meetings and help you figure out how to become a better instructor and, you know, help you consider someone else's perspective on something when you're, you know, presenting it to people in the, in, the, in a public format like the gallery. Um, so yeah, I, I think that should cover it pretty well. <laughs> it does. Yeah, thanks. Um, one thing, one sort of follow-up to that I would ask, though, is you talked a little bit about sort of when you started using, or when you started being aware of sort of formal aspects of painting, but when can you sort of enlighten us as to when you started incorporating this content into your work? You, do you remember sort of that period, and maybe how has the, the content developed over the, over the years? 
Well, it's really interesting, and and I think you know. Again, I'm glad that I, I'm able to talk about this a little bit too, because when I was going into my last year, um, my my friend Tim Roby and I um, were both kind of pushed to go and do this summer school residency, um, and I think partially for me on my end, anyways, I know on my end is uh, uh, there is a 3.0 requirement to get into the BFA program, and I had just tanked it so poorly my first semester that. This was a way for me to have my last year as a BFA student officially, even though I'd been kind of unofficially one for a couple of years. Um, and so we went and did this uh, Chautauqua School of Art, which was just amazing. you know. And I can remember prior to that, like I was saying before, just making abstract work and really being in love with all the formal qualities of it. And people just, you know keep, you know, like, this is like 1950, you know, like, like there was that all, always that, that, that aspect of it where like, I felt like I wasn't saying anything. And, you know, I even remember writing down some time, like on a piece of paper. And the something that I do now is I email myself ideas when I come up with them, when I'm just kind of, um, wasting time at night or something, just, you know, watching videos and, or, or, you know, listening to music or something. But, um, um, this this whole experience was just amazing, and that that um, it just really informed, I think, that aspect of it. Because I, to get back to this little anecdote, I was writing down like, you know, what does it ma- what does it matter what I'm saying? Because it's not not being communicated, you know. So um, during this residency, I think one of the things that kind of started popping up there is I started working a little bit more from landscape, you know, something that um, really didn't occur to me for a long time, which is kind of silly because a lot of the colors that I was using were landscape themed and again we're dealing maybe with like a handful of, of shapes kind of you know stacked on, a, on top of each other or next to each other with the edges um, and oddly similar to, to something that I'm you know still doing now um, but um, in doing that you know I never really saw a direct connection to it but when I was at Chautauqua um, you know again Don Kimes there is just amazing amazing guy really inspiring i remember sitting on a a dock with tim roby after his talk and he was talking about the importance of painting and you know and being in a world where you know you could be flying on a plane reading a newspaper listening to an ipod at you know 600 miles an hour and that that practice of painting was so important and um even though this is the longest answer to your question ever which should be very simple um, so what happened was i was corresponding with one of my friends and um, this is also when Anna Hepler was a, a visiting artist at ISU, and she was just fabulous, fabulous. Um, but um, I used the uh, the paint program, um, the old school paint program, and uh, I don't even know what computer I had. I mean, now we're talking like over ten years old, so oh yeah, you know, it's like probably, Microsoft Paint or something. Like <laughs> yeah, I mean, but like the oldest one ever, you know, the one that takes two minutes to boot up and. Um, yeah. But I just, all I did was I did this really simple drawing of a print that I was doing, um, but I did it in color, because uh, the print, I, I had been making these, um, making these similar, these, these shape kind of prints that were all grayscale. I was really bad at aquatints, so anybody that, you know, remembers any of them would probably know that. <laughs> but um, um, but um, I, I, I wanted to illustrate, you know, what I was doing, and so I sent this via email. And for whatever reason, um, after I pulled this print, like, I really saw this as, like, a landscape. You know, like, I really recognized, like, this can be a landscape. You know, it doesn't have to necessarily be, like, a direct observation, you know, kind of based thing. But if I look at it like that, then I can start to kind of form a, a little bit more content. And so my BFA show was about these imagined landscapes. And at the time, I, I remember... Um, a trip that I'd taken out west being a pretty big and important influence on me and, you know, something that I really appreciate about my parents doing, um, you know, was taking me to all these places over the country when I was younger and, and kind of seeing it. And I think, you know, even one thing that I think could be also be left out for, for students out there is that, you know, you want to get out there, you know, you want to get life experience too, because those, those things are going to be feeding what you wind up doing as an artist. And so, um, really when I, when I recognized that it could be a place, you know, I started playing around with it, you know, and I think just even one example, cause it's probably ridiculous is I had this very off white and off white painting of these shapes that were all very pale and, and blue and, and white. And it was entitled something like it's cold there. And, you know, it was supposed to just kind of evoke this idea of like some, 
you know, frozen tundra somewhere that, you know, I had no real experience to. Um, and so I think that kind of led into it, you know, and I think over the course of time, you know, like I was saying in terms of going to school, um, another important, I guess, aspect of my evolution was working at Hobby Lobby for two and a half years. But, you know, partially because anybody that remembers this around 2001 or 2002, they had a great Muzak station with a bunch of great 80s music. But um, I, would, I would be driving through these subdivisions um, to get there every day. And it's just something that I'd noticed, you know, either in, in commuting up to um, visit my parents because they still lived up north when I was living in Normal. I'd drive past these townhouses along 55, you know, and just kind of, you know, I think I think maybe at the time I took, you know, like a handful of pictures, but um, that's something that's definitely changed a bit over time. But, um, you know, I just kind of remember that being something that I would see. And so, you know, really a couple of months after my BFA show, maybe in the fall, late fall or something like that, I had another show, um, which, oh gosh, the name escapes me of at this time, uh, Suburban Delight, which, and man, I can't remember who, I can't remember who came up with that. I believe his name was Matt in the Ceramicist, but it was actually like a, the perfect title, but, um, they were, like an ice cream cone or something, you know? Oh yeah. <laughs> well, and it might make for a good studio break coffee, you know, Suburban <laughs> Delight, um, but, um. But uh, essentially, you know, I, I've been driving past all these these townhouses in the area and just kind of taking notice of them and taking pictures of them, and you know, eventually, like, started getting getting brave enough to like walk around these places, taking pictures, which always kind of made me paranoid. There's only maybe been a handful of times that I, I was like, "Oh man, there's cops looking around for me or something." You know, there's this <laughs> weird guy walking around these neighborhoods taking pictures at night and all these other things, but. Um, I think that's really like what I would say like would, would be my first really solid body of work in terms of content because I, you know, was working through these 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 uh, places that were around me and, and again at the time since my direct observational work was a little bit spotty, um, the colors in them were very strange. You know, they kind of reflected more of what was on the inside maybe because there were a lot of pastel colors um, and certainly like kind of un, unease, a little bit of an unease in terms of the way that they were orchestrated because they were small and they almost felt like they were kind of like Hollywood sets, you know, of, of the paintings. Of, and, and, you know, there'd be always, there'd actually be stuff wrong with them at the time I was learning how to draw still. And so there'd be, you know, things wrong with the perspective on things um, and kind of making it more and more awkward and you know, I just, I really kind of, at the time, was kind of a little bit more shallow about it. I think I was just kind of trying to, like, indict, you know, like, this is, um, you know, this is what these people live in, you know, like, like, I'm never going to live in that. I don't even drive a car. I walk everywhere. I take a bike, you know. Um, but um, that was probably the first big one. And, and I guess one little bit to add before I, I stop yapping, um, one of the things that I really enjoyed about that body of work was... Um, kind of finding these little jokes in there, you know, so I'd throw like a sewer grate in there. Um, there was one that had like a moving van abstracted into it, um, which is ironic now. Um, but, um, you know, I would find like these little things that were funny. And I think at the time too, and for a, a number of a period of time afterwards, the, the simply the act of illustrating something through paint seemed silly to me, you know, painting a dirt pile, you know, like you're, you're painting something that's very physical and out of a certain material, but you're using paint to depict it. Um, so that was something that was also kind of important to me at the time. Nice. Um, how, you know, I think one of the things that I think about your work quite a bit and something that I've always just connected to your body of work um, is, is sort of the suburbanness of it. But I, um, you know, you participated in a show that I curated called Middle States, Sort of dealing with sort of midwesternness and abstraction, so I might I might ask like how um, how has it been sort of growing up in the Midwest and how does midwesternness figure into your work? Is it something that you're conscious of, or is it sort of just you know part of being who you are? Well, I think you know I think that's one of the things that is interesting, and that you know when you do something long enough, you kind of forget that it's who you are. You know, like yeah. I think especially when I was transitioning into making those landscapes as an undergrad um when i when i thought about making my work i thought about having a real connection to landscape you know like i i, I described it in artist statements like 
you know, longing for like a real connection to landscape. And it's primarily, and I remember even writing this, you know, like that most of my experiences of places are through a television or through pictures, you know, you know, you're going to go see, you're going to see a jungle, you know, and experience it through, you know, a flat screen as opposed to actually being in there. And so I was always interested in trying to find more of a real, I guess, experience. And I think that's something that kind of pops up into my work. And, you know, I was sharing earlier that anecdote about, you know, um, going uptown Roselle, you know, which is <laughs> uptown. It's whoa, you know, not really much of an uptown, but, um, they had this old, uh, drugstore and, and this old drive-in called Cheryl's, um, and, uh, we used to play Manhunter and, uh, Root Beer Tap and just kind of hang out there like for an afternoon. But, you know, it, it, it didn't even occur to me until I was thinking about it this morning that, you know, like that's kind of an experience that I want all the time, you know, like, like being, being involved in a, a community where it's feels like a community, like a, um, you know, something where, you, where you're saying hi to the mailman and, you know, people smile and things like that. And so I think that in terms of the way that that affects my work, especially now is that, you know, I can't help but all the, all those years that I experienced living in the suburbs, you know, and yeah. still, and still do, you know, I mean, it's something that, um, also became interesting in terms of, you know, moving to different places. You know, I remember, um, another kind of breakthrough for me in terms of working with kind of ref, refer, I say refurbished, but, you know, um, I was walking around Murfreesboro, Illinois, where I was living, you know, we lived above a funeral home, which was pretty awesome. Um, maybe, maybe for some, maybe not so definitely, much, but <laughs> I definitely agree that that's pretty badass. Well, yeah, and we had a balcony too, so it was nice to, to hang out, hang out at, at night and kind of see the weird city life of, uh, 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 the goings on, if you will. Um, but I remember walking around one afternoon, this is after I got a, 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 an iPod for the first time, which is another kind of weird revelation that you can carry around all your music. But, um, and also I, I got a, uh, I got into, Le I finally heard Led Zeppelin and I say heard because, um, I could never hear it before. Like that voice always was like, I don't understand this. This is dumb. And then I finally heard it because there was just classic rock constantly in Southern Illinois yeah. And it was just like, damn, this is amazing. Um, but I was walking around taking photos of these old buildings. And um, there was this one that was a doctor's office that was like painted turquoise, um, had a weird color configuration. And so I started getting into, the, into these buildings that were reused, you know, in, in, a, in a place like Murfreesboro, Illinois, you know, um, the economy uh, has been has been altered, you know, I think that um, a long time ago, there was a lot more industry in terms of train yards and and things like that. And because of the uh, because of the weather, because of tornadoes, which you know fairly happens, you know somewhat somewhat every every once in a while. There, um, I think they just kind of moved away out of that. But um, you know, you, so you'll find a lot of these places. Um, they had a curves for women there that was that must have been like a like an old like Chinese restaurant. You know, and it had the most insane color configuration. So oddly enough, curves for women. I take photos of that, like no matter where I'm at, because they can be in strip malls and yeah. old office buildings and stuff like that. But um, you know, I just I just took a lot of photos of these reused buildings, and I think a lot of it had to do with that idea of, you know, what are the what these places used to mean something to someone, and they and they don't anymore. So they kind of act as like relics or mementos of it. You know, there's a there's a Maytag factory also in, in uh, Carbondale that was turned into a, a like a, a furniture store, you know. And so yeah. I don't know. I, I just kind of became interested in that that kind of history and you know really how how we're informed by that, you know. And I, and I, at the time too, I was I almost thought of it too like you know like when people make like a strip mall or a building or something like this is the hot thing like this is going to be here forever, yeah. you know. Like it seems like there's an authority that's given to graphic design and commerciality um, where like, this is the thing, this is going to be the end of it, you know? And yeah. then, you know, eventually it's going to change, you know, just like all the, you know, I had a body of work, um, you know, somewhere after that show, I was talking about suburban delight, which were much more based on a lot of the houses that my grand, my grandmother lived in and, and grandparents lived in. Um, and then also where my aunt had her offices, all these really ornate garage doors, um, 
the coloration was a lot different from those townhouses, which were predominantly gray and, you know, off gray. Um, and so they had all these colorful, colorful decorations to it. And so it kind of made me think that, you know, this, this idea of style is something that changes and kind of gets recycled and reused, um, you know, as things go, go on, you know, if a business fails, um, and it stands vacant, like there's so many of them now, um, for anybody that's in Chicago that might be listening to this, um, one thing that's hilarious, uh, a little bit hilarious is there's this, uh, place called Babe's Jumbo Hot Dog. And they had one, they had one location and apparently, I don't know, whatever, they, it must be pretty good because they were going to make another one, but it's like a, like a, a, I don't know, not even a half mile from a Portillo's and anybody that has been to Portillo's is probably like wondering what are these people thinking, but it's got like a double drive through and it's just sitting there vacant and there's part of me that's just like be a great place for a gallery. So you mentioned earlier, Dave, um, having a real connection to landscape or a real connection to something. And I'd like to follow up on that a little bit. How does that play into your work now? I know, I think of your work as being mostly based on photographs. But I'm curious, like, how do you have a real connection to your work now? What's what's interesting to you? Um, How does that sort of connection of experience play out in your paintings now? Well, and it's it's an interesting question because I, I realize that there's probably an aspect to it that is not a real experience, you know. Um, but, you know, I've, I've, I've continued to take photographs, and one of the things that's nice about um, the digital age is that, you know, I have a ridiculous amount of photographs. You know, yeah. just if anybody opens up their iPhoto or whatever, if you're, a, if you're a PC person, I'm sure there's an equivalent, but, you know, you can I can go back to when I got my first real digital camera in 2007 and follow history, you know. Um, but I like to take a lot of photos and uh, as I'm kind of going to different places. And one of the things that I, you know, did after I graduated was um, I did, a, I believe, six residencies over the span of a couple of years. Um, and so I got, a, got to go to a lot of different places. But um, I think ultimately when I look at, when I look at something – I almost maybe see like a potential in it, you know, and I've described this when, when people have asked about it before that, you know, I'm drawn to some kind of formal quality, but I think maybe conceptually too, is that, you know, I see like a potential for it, you know, and I'm thinking of oddly enough, this, um, I have a, a, a photo of a house, um, from, uh, Fort Collins, Colorado, and right. it had this really bright red, like safety warning curb, um, and I've always kind of wanted to use it, and it's kind of very quaint. And, you know, it's not maybe one of the reasons that I don't is because it's not particularly like a colorful picture. It's mostly like a, a grayscale kind of image. And, um, you know, I think it's partially because I almost see like a potential for that. You know, like when I see these places, I almost kind of see a potential in them like, oh, you know, this is nice. Or, or maybe if we look back on maybe one of those older series, you know, um, you know, maybe if I was going to have a curve through them, it would be in an old, you know, Chinese buffet, and I'd paint it pink and, you know, have crazy intense colors for it, you know. But um, I think in terms of the actual work now, though, too, I mean, I think being able to reconstruct them in a way kind of takes a little bit of a control out for that, you know. Um, or if you consider maybe the way that the housing industry kind of imploded, you know, starting a number of years ago and, and it's great news to start reading that we're, they're calling this the great recession. So it sounds yeah. better than depression, but, um, but you know, you can't help but, but kind of be caught up in, in this stuff. And, um, and I think in a way, and maybe not in a very direct way, like I want somebody to come up to my work and go, you know, he's, he's manipulating the housing market for himself. So he can feel better about himself being, you know, uh, in a position where he's uh, trying to make a living, you know, selling art. But um, um, I think in a way that that comes up a little bit for me in terms of actually making it. But in terms of the process of making it, you know, I'm really interested in a lot of these old buildings and, and different kinds of buildings. And I'm really drawn to, like, the colors and um, interesting shapes and especially, you know, the way that light moves over it. You know, one of the other experiences that I had in graduate school is I took a um, – a landscape painting class with Bob Paulson and a number of other really great painters. And uh, something that we kind of like to do is go back there to paint uh, at uh, Alto Pass, which is, you know, just like a nice scenic overlook. But um, 
you know, you do that once and you start really getting invested in the kinds of color shadows that you see. And, you know, maybe even artists like Wayne Tebow is, is somebody that obviously I completely dig and, you know, love all the color shadows. And so I look for those kind of things too. Um, but, um, it is kind of interesting because in, in a way there, there is a distance to it, you know, um, and a recognition of the distance. And, you know, even in researching, um, in this book, uh, suburban nation that I read in, in graduate school, um, you know, they talk about like the idea of the facade, you know, and it was really interesting to, to, to think about that because, you know, I really thought about the, what people are presenting, you know, to people, you know, to the world, like this is me, you know, yeah. I had a series of, uh, paintings that I did it with like the, the driveway ends to like mailboxes, Yeah. you know, and they could be ones where like, there were, there were ones that were like really nice brick ones with like copper roofs to like, yeah. You know, really class it up, but I mean, a lot of it is talking about you know what, what does this mean? What what should this mean to like the society that sees it? You know, yes. and so um, yeah, I mean, I, I think maybe in a direct way, then I guess, and, and something that might lead me to wanting to re, re think some of my artist statement is the way that it's manipulated. You know, because you know, I certainly am manipulating them. You know, I have all these photographs. I kind of page through them to find ones that are interesting. Um, like an interesting combination. And so a lot of them are, are a combination of these different places that I've been to. Um, and so that could be like a place that I live through now or commute through now. Um, my girlfriend lives in Arlington Heights. And so, you know, this, one of these recent paintings that I, that I, that I finished, um, was part of a chase bank up in Arlington Heights and, um, an old diner in Oklahoma. You yes. know? And it's just one of those things where like I'm paging through these different places and, you know, comparing them. And, you know, I think with that one, the thing that was especially nice is that I, I kind of saw a relationship to it, you know, the way that you could have something like a, something that's foreclosed and, and it being combined with a bank, you know? Yeah. And again, yeah. I, I don't, I definitely don't think that my work is overtly political in, in nature. I think that I'm really interested in that, that kind of journey and that the way that those things change, um, over the course of time. Um, and again, I can, I can talk, you know, I, I remember being in, and driver's ed and my driving and my driving teacher, you know, commented that, you know, you're always talking. And so it's, it's very easy for me to kind of keep going and seeing a lot of these different kinds of connections. Like I was saying to you earlier, you know, um, back in, I think painting two or three, I was doing these series of paintings where there's a lot of layers built up into, um, the actual painting. And so it was just kind of like, a, some paint, a layer of Galkid, paint layer of Galkid. And, you know, I probably didn't know enough about art history to see that they were more funny than interesting because they just looked like really small abex paintings, you know, it's kind of a way to like, you know, jab them. And, you know, Gary Justice might even remember the, um, the action painter kinetic arm that I made, which had like a little motor on it with a little brush that you could like, you know, paint with it. It was, it was just kind of funny, but, um, um, and I bring it up because that surface is something that comes up in, in the work now, you know, and something that I even posted, uh, recently, um, under the studio break page. Cause I, you know, I get excited about seeing these connections in my work, but you know, the, the, the way that I would feel like I was struggling to get through an abstract painting that was completely intuitive is kind of the way that I build up these surfaces now. Cause I really kind of want to evoke the feeling that you get when you look at like a billboard, yeah. you know, you get like that old weathered look where like something's been plastered and ripped off and, and rained on and, and you kind of get that surface built up into it. Um, and so to kind of get back to your question, a lot of that manipulation happens in Photoshop. You know, I, you know, if I like a particular area, I might, you know, copy and repeat it. Um, you know, I might flip it so that it, it kind of like mirrors another side of the image. Um, in the most recent painting that I did, I, uh, I had the composition set up and everything. And, and the way that I, that I run through these and, and the way that I've saved time and economy over, you know, developing these works is I, um, I wind up tiling out the prints in Photoshop and then bringing them over to Kinko's and, you know, they print four sections of it for me and then I reassemble it. And so in this recent one, I've always kind of wanted, and I, and I think maybe a couple of times I've done this, but, you know, I have these four four 11 by 17s roughly for this, um, two foot by three foot painting. And, um, you know, just check out what it looked like when two of the sections were switched. 
and um, it just managed to line up in a very interesting way. And so, you know, I'm still constantly trying to figure out ways to kind of um, digitally paint myself into a corner, if that makes sense, where, you know, I might pick some really awkward shape or something that I haven't used before, or like in this recent painting that I did for um, this upcoming show, there's, um, you know, this kind of recessed um, drive under the bank, you know, kind of pull up for, you know, getting your money and kind of sending the tube up to the mail, but it has these pillars that are kind of, you know, receding into the, into the space of the painting. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm playing a bit more with, with that stuff as well. Um, and again, I might have completely missed that question. So if there's anything no, I, I need to address. It's good. It actually leads me to a couple other questions too. Um, one would be when you're talking about the political and sort of social aspects of your work, um, how, I mean, though you might not be making overt statements, it seems like there's certainly, well, uh, maybe I'll, I'll phrase it as a question. Are you, are you, are you making, you know, you gave the example of putting a, a building in Arlington Heights next to a building from Oklahoma City and sort of meshing those up, right, or mashing them up? Yeah, yeah. More culturally uh, apt way to put it right now. But um, so is it part of your intention to take these two sort of, I mean, you know, my instinct is to see the differences between Arlington Heights and my experiences with Oklahoma. Um, but but how are you thinking about it? Are you thinking of it on a formal level or, or are there other aspects in play? Well, I mean, I think at, at a base, I think about it as a formal level, but I think you can't help but think about the relationship, you know, as, as you're kind of seeing these things in context. And I think one of the things that I was interested, again, earlier um, in this body of work is, um, you know, talking about how a lot of these places are the same, you know. And in, and in past bodies of work, uh, one of the things that was funny when I when I was making these paintings that were like um, suburban houses, um, I remember being in an opening and somebody was like, oh, these are great, you know. I'm from California, so we've got houses like this everywhere in California, and the paintings are based out of Illinois. Um, and so I really, you know, realized that, you know, in the same way that you have something, and gas is going to like sound really loaded, I guess, but like, oh, no, I'm, I'm going to think about a different way to go about it. But, um, you know, <laughs> I was going to say military industrialized complex, but like, you know, these, these, how, you know, a lot of, a lot of the style is, is manufactured, you know, it's manufactured into a look and something that I thought was really interesting. Um, you know, even when my parents, um, had kind of moved on um, into into looking at different homes and stuff, and you know, um, occasionally, you know, and that's something that, that oddly enough, I, I still maybe share a little bit too. Is that um, you know, we used to like to go driving around looking at houses, yeah. which I don't know if that's a universal thing, but I mean, um, and maybe even kind of talks about like a desire in our in our society a little bit, you know. Um, but I still looking, I still like looking at it sometimes because it's just like so insane sometimes, like you know, lifestyles of the rich and famous, but. In your, in your area. Um, but um, to kind of get back to what you were saying, um, you know, I really I really think it's interesting that people can see a connection to these locations that might not be from where they're from. And I think a lot of the aesthetic is something that, you know, is mass-produced for a time. You know, there's a certain way that things are presented, you know. And you can see this even in unrelated to the way that maybe David Duchovny's hair looks and the X-Files, you know, um, or the way a show looks like, uh, in the nineties. And, you know, I'm guessing we'll talk about television at some point, but, um, you know, um, I, I got into Twin Peaks when I was in, in college as well. Um, and again, you get like a very distinct look, you know, the way that this looks, whereas maybe now, you know, any of you that are maybe kind of dorks, um, like myself, um, that know about the Hobbit movie coming out. It's being shot in 48 frames per second. Wow. And apparently some people are upset because it looks like a soap opera because it's so real. Um, <laughs> but I think, you know, it's hard to not see the connection to these things because I think that a lot of it really shapes the way that people perceive their world. And I think it kind of gets back to that idea, like I was saying, like, you know, this is the last style that we'll have is this aluminum siding with, you know, like this hot yellow and aluminum gutters, and it'll be like a, a two-story house, um, you know, as opposed to like a ranch or something. And so I, I think a lot of it talks about the similarities of the formal qualities and the way that those are reflected towards an audience, you know, to kind of 
understand something about it, you know, or at the same time, maybe make you feel comforted as well. But I think I don't, you know, overtly like, again, I think that's just the way that I think, you know, just in the way that I've always had a lot of concerns. And I think I would, again, kind of attribute to that, you know, having, you know, working parents and, you know, like a, a family that believes in a lot of hard work. You know, my brother is entirely different from me in many ways, but I think we both share a really strong work ethic and, and kind of family bond. And, um, you know, and I just think that a lot of those experiences are, are, are things that have kind of built up um, in, in my work and, and, and kind of the way that I work to the point that I don't necessarily even think about them. And um, as, as much as I did in the beginning, and even though I kind of, just to make sure that I tie that together, I, I think the reason that I brought that up is because in some of those earlier series where I had all these political concerns and ideas about, you know, how a society could be better, I could never put that in an abstract pain. You know, I could never make it about that when I'm, you know, layering lines or, or you know, making shapes of color that are just abstract because it, it's not in there. And so I think one of the things that maybe I, I don't take for, maybe take for granted a little bit now is that I think that it builds in there, you know, that content is kind of built in through a universality of, of the subject matter because everybody has a place or at least um, had a place or, or, you know, knows people that has uh, a place to live. And I say this just because I, you know, in a, in a universal aspect of it, you know, people know what a house is and, um, you know, it's interesting to me that you could be in a different country and there's still those things that crop up, you know. Definitely. Um, I, you know, the, I have one sort of last question on these issues of content in your work, David, and then I might shift it to having you talk about your exhibition that's coming up in Peoria. But um, I'm curious because everything, most of the work I've seen of yours has a sort of a strong connection to a very specific time period. Mm -hmm. And, and I, um, though some of the houses that you've used, some of the buildings that you've used may have been built earlier than the 90s, let's say. Mm -hmm. Whenever I look at your paintings, I get a very sort of, I get a very sort of like sort of almost sense of nostalgia for the 90s of your work. Mm -hmm. You sort of reference that a little bit in, in the films that you were talking about or some of the experiences in Uptown Roselle. <laughs> so I wonder if you can maybe talk about like how, how, I mean, we don't typically talk about nostalgia for the 90s because, you know, we have nostalgia for the 50s and 60s right. and when the baby booming generation was, was, was younger. So it is, yeah, if you could talk a little bit about how that plays into your work, that'd be great. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that's something that definitely, um, you know, plays, plays a role. You know, I think that in the same way that I was talking about, you know, seeing a potential for something like a house, and maybe that's an aspect of why I would take a photograph of it. Um, you know, in a lot of ways, I mean, I, I kind of love these places, you know, and again, maybe that sounds like disconnected, you know, cause they're supposed to be a very, um, you know, intensely, um, critical bend to it. But in the reality is, you know, a lot of these places are interesting to me because, and especially from that time period, the, the, the color choices are so much more interesting to me. You know, it's, you know, even this painting that I'm working on now is, is part of this. I don't even know when, when I took this photograph, but it's just some bar in Crest Hill. Um, and it's just got like, you know, like a, like a very ultramarine, uh, blue kind of look to it. And, um, you know, it's just one of those things where it becomes something that's interesting to me in, in that regards. And so, you know, I mean, I think just even by, by redoing them or, or reusing them, it kind of creates a sense of nostalgia for it because I'm looking back on my experience for myself, you know, and I think that perhaps in the work, one of the things that hopefully does is, um, allows the same thing for, for someone, you know, because, you know, even though this bar is, you know, some anonymous bar in Crest Hill, um, it's very likely that we've been to something like it, you know, at, you know, in terms of audience. And so, um, I think, I think, yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's pretty much it, you know, but I don't, yeah, I don't necessarily know that I specifically set out with a specific, way of looking at it, but I think just inherently the way that I've approached it, 
it's kind of built in there to have a little bit of that, you know. And I think again, kind of gets back to that idea in my mind of, you know, trying to make it make certain things important for myself, you know, certain certain things that I care about, and I and I think that just by doing that, um, you can really see that in in hopefully any good body of work, you know. And it's something that I look for, you know, in terms of something like Studio Break, you know, um, as I'm looking for other people to include. Um, because essentially this is mostly coming from, you know, uh, people whose work I admire. Um, you know, I'm looking for that kind of work ethic or that um, that kind of intense in, intense um, relationship that you get from making something. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, one of the reasons that we were doing this interview, David, is uh, for your uh, sort of as a preamble to your exhibition that's going to be at the Peoria Art Guild in June. Uh, so I wondered if you could sort of talk a little bit about what you've got going on for the Peoria Art Guild show, what's the, you know, what, 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 yeah, what you're thinking about it, the yeah. work that you're making, yeah. any exciting things that are happening in the studio. Well, you know, I, and I think, you know, if, um, I guess if I just say something in general to anybody is, um, you know, when you get put in a situation where you feel like you're under the gun or, or you want to, you're going to have an exhibition, and for me this is, you know, potentially the largest exhibition that I've had, it's been approximately five years since my MFA show, and so it's actually a very good time for it for me. You know, I've been I've been working through these these series of paintings um, in some some way. Um, you know, really since about two thousand and seven, two thousand and eight, when I was doing residencies. Um, and again, you know, um, just to kind of get get a little bit of a shout out in, in some ways. I mean, I've met so many amazing people that have supported me in terms of that, and, um, you know, it's been an honor to be involved in, in, in places like the Vermont Studio Center or Osage um, Artist Community or um, Art 342 in Fort Collins, Colorado is, you know, just gorgeous, or Gentel or Central Track in, in Texas, um, and, of course, I'm forgetting one, the KHN Center for the Arts. Um, but, you know, I've been, wor- I've been working on this stuff for for a while, you know, I've been traveling and, and kind of absorbing this stuff for a while, and so it's important to me to kind of share a lot of this work because, you know, it's made it's made a lot. Of, I don't know. It's it's obviously been a big impact and a big, you know, thing that I've been focusing on over this period of time. And you know, even though um, I think it's good if we're hard on ourselves, um, I, I don't know. I, I think that um, you're always working up into the limit, you know. And it's just kind of funny. I spent you know probably like nine hours painting yesterday and you know, complaining to my girlfriend via text message that, you know, really need to get a lot more done for this. And she's just like, you know, you need to be a little too hard on yourself. Um, but I think, again, that's something... That. What's that? I would agree with her. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's funny, too, because I remember having an inter- conversation with you, and I was saying that, uh, you know, you're always posting great stuff. Yeah. And it seems like it's always, like, every day. And I'm just, God, <laughs> I need to get on. I need to get more work done. And so... To get back to what we were talking about, you know, I've, I've just, I'm just in that mode where I think everything's really clicking. Um, I'm, I think, you know, I'm also having a bit more fun in terms of building up the, the surface of the paintings, and I enjoy seeing the way that the ground is so similar to some of these things that I've worked through in the past. Um, nice. You know, the, the, you know, and gosh, man, is it a struggle. I hate yeah. to make it sound like that, but I make really dumb decisions there, you know, where I'm just like, I've got this phthalo blue, I'm just going to throw it on here. And it's, like, really, really bright and intense. And then I'm like, oh, I'll just throw, like, a muted color over the top of that. And then I'm like, ew, that looks nasty. Now it kind of looks like vomit. And then, you know, kind of keep trying to fix it until I'm just like, all right, I have to start over. And I just sand the whole thing down with, you know, 60-grit sandpaper. Um, and then by the time I get down to the surface of it, it's, it's, it's like, oh, yeah, I, I could use this, you know. And then it's just... Um, you know, starting over from there, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm just really trying to get a lot of paintings done for it. Um, again, a lot of them are kind of combined in terms of different locations. Um, and I think one of the things that I was saying to you before too, is that, you know, I think one of the things that'll hopefully be interesting and I think, you know, kind of even relate to this whole time span that we're talking about, you know, we talked a little bit about, uh, the great recession and the housing bubble. Um, you know, and that's approximately when these paintings were started. You know, I can remember being at, Osage, you know, in 2008, you know, in April, 
and you know people talking or maybe it was 2007 my, my apologies there but um you know people well, that doesn't make any sense we'll have to revisit that but anyways i remember being in this t- right right when <laughs> yeah yeah but that's when the when the market crashed right right but I, I remember being you know i remember being there listening to listening to all this stuff kind of going on you know and i yeah. can't help but think that that's important to kind of show in relationship because one of the things that started changing in that that body work that was kind of started as an mfa student um which were all these old buildings in and around carbondale and murfreesboro um and landscapes around that area kind of transitioned to all these places that i was traveling to you know taking photos of these different places and you know for a time just because of scale and, and ease you know the, the paintings got a bit smaller to be like 12 by 16. um and they you know i think it kind of even started back to when i would lay out a drawing for that series way back at, uh in suburban delight where i would just do a line drawing of things and not having a bunch of paint on there and thinking like this is a nice image already and so i think that as i've kind of continued to work through this series i've been you know kind of leaving little bits here and there that aren't painted and i think most consciously recently i've been really kind of trying to push the the way that the space works in the paintings and i've been really interested in leaving a lot more of the wood grain i really like the effect that it has um in terms of again where you're following out even though you don't see a shape you know literally painted in there you can see just with a line drawing the way that there's another level or another layer um or the way that you kind of read the edge of something um and again that's kind of been something that's been in other bodies of work um and i think the other thing too is that i've been um really pushing the aspect of including a lot of um you know just formal formal elements that are flats you know a lot of a lot of colors of choices that i come up with and and the paintings are taken right out of the photos you know so you know with that little eyedropper tool you're picking up like this intense color shadow and that becomes a big large shape in in a painting and then you know again especially with this recent painting that i have for um you know what's gonna what's the the show card essentially um you know i and purposely is starting to get really trying to trying to get back to some of the colors i guess the intense colors that i've had in, in various different bodies of work where you know i'm just kind of thinking like what's the what's an obnoxious pink that i can put in here you know <laughs> and it's not obnoxious in the context of how all the colors are interacting and you know relating to each other but um you know I, like i said before too I'm, I'm trying to consciously play around with the way that i'm manipulating these things you know and and trying to find ways of you know you know changing up the process that i've started in photoshop and and really kind of um really continue to just keep expanding and exploring that and um you know and i think you know one thing that makes me think of especially just building up to this is how you know how a, a more focused relationship between things like consumerism and, and and especially combining things like you know color um and design you know um and again maybe there's un, un not entirely unrelated but a good friend of mine heidi cody that i met at um Vermont studio center at least i should say a good associate of mine for that time period she was very cool but um you know she made a a, a body of work about the american alphabet and it was all um you know huge huge marketing marketing kind of based letters you know so it would borrow things from like taco bell or mcdonald's or you know all of these things that are very iconic you know and so that might be something potentially for the future but really you know i just i'm looking at i'm looking at this show and in relationship to all of the people that i know and all the all the experiences that i've had in the midwest and you know i to me the the peoria art field to me is like new york you know i look at that space and i look at the people and the the community that that places like that build up in the midwest and you know granted it's not new york but to me it, it really i think about it like that i i look at it in that same kind of atmosphere so definitely, definitely. no and i agree and in the interest of full disclosure obviously i just had an exhibition there in april but i think that what it's doing is is important and and you know it could be around for years and years to come it could be short-lived you know who's to say but um i think that the the beauty of what we do is that it, it that all these things start up um and there's there's no shortage of people willing to sort of put in the effort and work uh to to start something like the pure art guild or or you know even studio break for that matter right right uh, and and do it without being paid or without being 
first. You know, it's, it's because we do it because we love it. You know. Sure. Well, and, and again, I mean, I think. You know, I remember, um, you know, and somebody that I'll probably have on in the future, I remember t- describing this a little bit to uh, uh, Johnny Disco, um, you know, because there's, there's, there's this thing that's happening all over the United States, you know. There are, there are these artists that are, you know, working adjuncts or, you know, working at some other job that, you know, they'd rather be home in the studio building something or, you know, editing a video or, you know, thinking out an installation or something like that. Um, and, you know, I think it's just one of those things where I like to be able to showcase um, all that work that's out there, all that stuff that people are doing that's really interesting and, um, you know, I think makes life meaningful, you know, and full instead of, uh, you know, just kind of being filled with, uh, I don't know, things that aren't maybe necessarily as important, which is interesting because as someone that is a TV junkie, at least has been, you know. I remember, I remember um, um, how silly it is when I, after I got my laptop that you know, and being traveling in all these places, and I think I'm, I've mentioned this way too many times, but I wound up getting up, caught up in the loss phenomenon um, at a residency, and so eventually, like, I had this just kind of set up <laughs> in the background while I'm working on something, just kind of getting caught up with all these things online, which is actually pretty a pretty awesome experience, but. Um, um, anyways, I'm digressing. So, no, that's that's completely fine, Dave. Is there anything that uh, we didn't, I didn't cover that you'd like to sort of add on to our conversation so far? Well, um, just as a reminder, you know, again, I'd love to see a lot of people come out uh, June 16th um, at the Peoria Art Guild. Again, there's information. Um, well, there should be information on my website that I'm going to post, you know, shortly. Um, um, but again, you know, um, I think there's a reminder on, on Facebook and, and Studio Break. And then also I'm in the um, uh, Rockford Midwestern coming up uh, this Friday. So I'm going to be going up there for that. And I believe uh, Tim Roby and, and maybe some other people that uh, have work in the show that I don't even know about because I don't have any idea. But Doug Johnson also posted an image up recently of a painting that one of the paintings that I have in that show. And it's like, oh, I guess Doug must be in this, too. So. Um, nice. Yeah, that Rockford Art Museum shows it. It's a good space, so that's a that's a good show to get into. Congrats on that. Oh, thanks. It's yeah, awesome. and it's an interesting place too. You know, and I again, yep. it's one of those things where, um, again, just going to drive up there to drop off work. Um, you know, wind up taking the long way, getting back to go teach in the evening, driving up to Gray's Lake, and it's certainly a trek. But I want to just driving around Rockford, taking pictures yep. of all these houses and interesting places there. So. Um, I wouldn't doubt that there's going to be <laughs> some Rockford that, that shows up in some paintings in the near future too. So definitely, um, nice man. Cool. Well, the show is uh, Scavenge Landscapes that's coming up at the Peoria Art Guild. It runs from June 12th to July 31st, so it's a good open for a good two months there. And the reception is June 16th from 6 to 8 p.m. You should be there for sure. Excellent. Excellent. Thanks so much, Dave, for talking with us, and it was a great discussion about your work. And yeah, hope to hear more from you from you soon. Yeah, it was a great experience. Thanks, Ben. All right, it's officially on record, and I just want to again thank Ben for coming on and doing such a good job interviewing me. I really appreciate it. Once again, you can check out his artwork at benjamingardner.com. And I guess before I forget, I should just say if you are interested in seeing my work, visit davidlinaway.com. Music from today's episode can be found at freemusicarchive.org where they have thousands and thousands of songs that you can download for free. Our intro song was Wheels on Fire, Land of the Haunted Houses, and taking us out is General B-Sides Midwestern. If you happen to be at Facebook and on Studio Break, you might as well like us there. Please leave us some comments, please leave us some feedback, and once again, remember, there are plenty of other interviews at studiobreak.com. Once again, if you're having any difficulty using the default player, you can always right-click and save the target as to get the MP3, or you could go to the iTunes store, just search under Podcast Studio Break, and you'll find it there where you can become a subscriber. And perhaps this is overkill, but just remember, I have a solo exhibition opening up at the Peoria Art Guild June 16th from 6 to 8 p.m. I'd really love it if I could meet some folks out there for that, so I hope you check that out. That's all we've got for today's show, so I hope you enjoyed it, and we'll talk to you real soon.